We continue on with our candidate interviews and welcome to the microphone. And your questions are uh, welcome for candidate Michael Schroeder at 717-273-1270. Democrat Michael Schroeder, candidate for county commission. Good morning. Good morning to you, Laura. Why do you want to be a county commissioner? Why do I want to be a county commissioner? Yes. Because, you know, that's a great question. That's a question I often get when I'm out door knocking across Lebanon County. And my short sort of elevator answer is, I can give a longer one, is this county has given back, given so much to me that I want to give back. And so I want to ramp up my existing community and public service um, to give back to the community in a way that is um, an order of magnitude greater than what I've been able to do thus far through my volunteer work with Friends of Old Anvil and the Watershed Association and, and elsewhere. All right. You uh, won in the, the primary election. It was uh, three people whittled down to two, you and incumbent commissioner Joe Ellen Litz. And I, I don't think I'm treading any new ground here to think that uh, with the um, party registration being what it is, that likely the makeup of the county commission will be two to one. Uh, two Republicans, one Democrat. Would you agree? That does That would seem to be the likelihood. Okay. Why pick you over Joellen Litz? I mean, that, the, the, these are the choices on the Democratic side. Well, you know, the way I look at it, Laura, is there's four of us going in and three of us come out. And it's really up to the voters um, which three uh, the three top vote-getters win, as you know. Right. So I'm, I'm just running on my merits as a candidate. Um, I have nothing bad to say about any of the other candidates. I think they all are fine people. Um, and have all their own virtues, and I think I have my own virtues. So I'm just asking Lebanon Countyans to take a fresh look at all the candidates in this race and to vote for what I frame and what I think of as fresh leadership in the county commissioner's office. Okay. With the fresh leadership that you would bring, you would try to instill or try to activate what? In terms of policies, in terms of, you know, the the running of Lebanon County government? Sure, sure. That's a great question. Well, again, I sort of outline all of this on my website. Um, I go through maybe about a dozen major issues that I think need attention. At the top of my list is managing growth here in Lebanon County. I think the county needs to do a more proactive, hands-on job in managing the meteoric growth we're seeing across the county in terms of not just warehouses. These really aren't warehouses. These are logistics centers. These are fulfillment and distribution centers, part of the logistics industry. And even just right in my in my own backyard between Anvil and Palmyra, we see the growth, the building of five and a half million square feet and hundreds of new trucks coming in and out every day. So managing growth more effectively, trying to create conditions for more affordable living in terms of housing, in terms of jobs and good paying family supporting jobs, um, and protecting land and water, farmland preservation, and protecting our waterways and, and many other issues as well. Well, there's the there's the rub, uh, because many of these millions of square feet of logistical centers are sitting on what was at one time production agriculture land. I, I had a conversation with Secretary Russell Redding over the weekend mm -hmm. on my statewide show, and I said, it, it puts a pain in my heart every time I see farm fields that now have these big warehouses or logistical centers on them. He said, it puts a pain somewhere else, uh, you know, in me. Uh, uh, but how do we balance that? Because at the end of the day, I, I, I have asked this question in other forums, a lot of these 
logistical warehouses were created because county commissioners among the three entities that have to approve these LERDAs, these local economic revitalization tax assistance grants, right. uh, they approve them. And and I hold them responsible. I hold the prior boards of county commission that 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 authorized these LERDAs as one of three uh, as as being responsible for the the destruction of farmland. Well, I do. I, you know, I do as well, at least partially responsible. I, I suspect DHL and Hershey would have built these giant logistics centers regardless of whether they received a LERDA. But you're right. It facilitated um, and it, it, it sort of paved the way for um, – and, you know, to me, Laura, these LERDAs and, and the issuing of these LERDAs smells fishy because when you go back to the state law that was passed in 1977 that authorized these LERDAs, they are specifically designed for deteriorated parts of communities and, you know, to, to like, you know, abandon, abandoned warehouse, abandoned buildings and so on and so on, um, not for productive farmland. And so I really question the issuance of LERDAs for these gigantic logistics centers on farmland that had been productive and was not part of a deteriorating, you know, community. Right. So, so I really question that. And then beyond that, uh, we have the road system. The road, the road system has uh, really, in my opinion, gone downhill in terms of safety on the roads because mm-hmm. you've got these 53-foot tractor trailers trying to swing left and right turns on at, at intersections where that was not uh, designed to accommodate that. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so, you know, we're how actually – How do you put the horse back in the barn? How do you put the horse back in the barn? You know, you can't put the horse back in the barn in terms of what's already being built. But what you can do and what I what I would what I would encourage municipalities to do in particular is to collaborate and work together because it's certainly possible for municipalities to combine their zoning ordinances in ways that more effectively manage and guide this kind of growth. For instance, can I give you one example? If South Anvil Township and North Anvil Township had gotten together and formed a regional compact, then these logistics centers could have been located in the northern tier of, of North Anvil Township, um, and there would be none in, in South Anvil Township, they, and they would have shared the tax revenues. So it's a matter, I think, of facilitating collaboration and cooperation among and between different municipalities. We're seeing this with the regionalization of police forces. You know, we're seeing right. the combining of police forces um, because there's a duplication of efforts, a duplication of resources. Uh, Palmyra and Anvil, for instance, just, just consolid- are in the process of consolidating their police forces. And I think a very similar dynamic adheres for this whole issue of warehouses, of logistics and fulfillment centers. Well, candidly, I don't think it, it, it has to do with redundancy of service. I think it is to beef up service because these, these small uh, municipal police departments don't have enough personnel, literally, to, to mm-hmm. handle their mm-hmm. environs. They're, re- they're relying on the state police to back them up. Uh, and, and so the regionalization of these police forces gives them a bigger police force, gives them a bigger area to patrol, but it does give them, you know, more personnel uh, to be able to address the some of the crime issues and, or whatever. And I think it creates more efficiencies and more professionalism, frankly. Right. Um, where do you fall for for voters? You know that heard your ads, seen your ads, gotten your literature. Mm-hmm. Where do you put yourself on the political spectrum? 
<laughs> are you um, a are you a flame throwing liberal or you know or well you know I don't find political labels particularly helpful. If I were to turn around and show you the back of my T-shirt, it would read, and I think I got the quote right here: "Partisanship has no place in local politics," which should be about addressing the real problems of real people. So, you know, we can talk about labels all day long. And I think actually the American people and the people that I've spoken to, the voters here in Lebanon County, are tired and weary of the of the labeling and the bickering and the and the political rancor that has come to characterize our political system. People are tired of it. That's my sense. And people want to get back to, you know, trying to address real problems of real people. So, you know, I'll leave it to others to, to pigeonhole me. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to pigeonhole myself and say I'm one thing or the other. Okay, but in terms of your outlook, and when you, if you are, if you win election and you are seated at that head table there in the commissioner's mm-hmm. room, when people come and say we should have this or we should be providing this service and we should be doing this and we should be doing that, maybe services that. Some folks don't agree with for uh, political reasons or for religious reasons or, you know, there are considerations that have to be made. I mean, would you consider yourself more socially liberal, fiscally conservative? I mean, trying to get a bead on what your outlook is from a from a social perspective from a fiscal perspective yeah no i mean these these are good questions and 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 for those kinds of issues when people come to the table and have specific concerns that need to be addressed those are the kinds of things that need to be addressed on a case-by-case basis with the larger goal of serving the public good that's i guess my overall moral compass is to serve the public good to adhere to the golden rule um and you know to treat others with the kind of respect that that I expect that I, that I hope to be treated with as well, and you know issues of social justice, of trying to you know create conditions under which all people can thrive in our community, um, in terms of housing, in terms of jobs, in terms of healthcare, in terms of you know social services. Um, you know, there's there's no pigeonholing that. It's a matter of trying to address the real problems and real needs of real people in real time. All right. Uh, questions for Michael Schroeder, 717-273-1270. Does Lebanon County, I asked this question of Mike Kuhn, but it is such an important question in the times in which we live. Does Lebanon County do enough to service people that have mental health issues and needs? I don't think they do. I think Lebanon County can do more. Um, I think that... that uh, they are uh, the mental health um, staff. They're short-staffed. Uh, they're understaffed and underfunded. And I know this is true for um, in in the Lebanon County Correctional Facility. Um, more than half of the of the incarcerated population in the county jail um, is suffering from some kind of mental health issues, and it's also uh, you know prevalent within the wider community. This is something that uh, when I was out canvassing at the Lebanon County Lebanon Area Fair, for instance, back in the tail end of July, that I got a lot of questions and a lot of concerns about um, Lebanon County's uh, the lack of mental health um, assistance here in Lebanon County. So I think we could do a lot more as a county. Um, also in terms of the opioid epidemic and in terms of, of, of suicide and other kinds of, of social ills that are plaguing our communities. The opioid, uh, epidemic and crisis is interesting because, uh, as you know, attending county commissioner meetings and Jim, uh, um, 
Dunleavy, uh, Don Moyer. Don Moyer, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Jim Dunmoyer has come and talked about uh, a lot of these uh, settlements that we have participated in these class action lawsuits with the uh, the drug companies mm-hmm. and there's you know money that's going to be flowing into Lebanon County for the next 17 years uh, from one of the drug companies that settled um, so I, I think that in terms of you know the op- the opioid crisis and uh, drug and alcohol I think that you know because of those those um, lawsuits and those settlements, we might have adequate funding in that realm. But in some of the other areas of mental health needs that that maybe are not necessarily related to any sort of uh, substance abuse issue, how do you pay for what really is needed? Would you favor maybe even possibly increasing taxes in order to be able to put more money toward uh, some of those needs. Yeah, I mean, those are that's a great question. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, yeah, I can see. You know, the the opioid settlement. It needs to be recognized. I think that the amount that is being paid by big pharma for its misdeeds in the opioid epidemic um, is but a fraction of what it's actually cost communities across the Commonwealth and really across the nation. Um, so we're kind of fighting a losing battle here in terms of um, the amount of funding. You're right. We will have funding coming into Lebanon County, as will other counties across the across the Commonwealth. But it's it's, it's I don't think it's going to be enough, and we need to um, we need to address this in a smart and effective way um, that brings together different coalition partners, different different community partners in ways that um, that really try to address this this issue. A lot of uh, what the county commissioners do is the balancing of you know needs and and wants mm-hmm. and and being able to afford those things sure um lebanon county i think and i think any uh, elected body is loath to raise taxes unless they they really really have to there is also a school of thought in in government and this is particularly evident what from my experience at the school board level where there's this idea that you know maybe um regular gradual tax increases, not huge, but maybe a, a little something, something, even on a yearly basis is better than than having to clobber people over the head from one year to the next with a, a massive tax yeah, increase. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I've, I've talked to quite a number of voters who've expressed that same sentiment that, you know, politicians want to get reelected, right? And so they don't want to raise taxes. They hold the line on taxes until the deficit builds and the pressure mounts and the, the and the floodgates have to open and you know if you look at the history of tax increases here in Lebanon County that's been the pattern of stasis and 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 you know flat taxes for 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 years at a time and then a sudden meteoric increase i would be more in favor of incremental small um you know steps because you're right these these you know nothing is there is no such thing as a free lunch and um we need to pay for the services that that i'm talking about and i'd much prefer seeing small incremental manageable increases than these giant steps that have been the pattern in the past the comprehensive plan uh that is currently in revision right now. And that I have a copy of right here. <laughs> that you have a copy. At least volume one. <laughs> uh, 
um, it, it has become a hot button issue. And I think you might have actually been the first person to really address this. It was either you or Joel. Well, Witz. you know, I did. It was it was the centerpiece of my announcement for my candidacy, yeah. and I decided to use the comprehensive plan as my point of departure. So I do believe I was the one to kind of bring it I, up. I think you were. You know, and and so you look at it, you read the introduction. It says in 2007, when it's published, it says this has a useful shelf life of, of 10 years. And here we are in 2023. It's been, it's been 16 years, and we still don't have an updated comprehensive plan. Well, you talked about, uh, you know, for example, a regional compact for development of these warehouses. Mm-hmm. That, that, that might be something that the local elected bodies should consider. Zoning resides at the local level as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the zoning that's done in these municipalities may not always comport with (laughs) the county comprehensive plan. Exactly. Going forward, how do you want to address that? Because it does seem like everybody should be singing from the same song page. You know, that's the same thing that was said in a recent, you may have seen the recent article in the Lebanon Daily News published just a few days ago, um, How Will Lebanon County Grow? And this was a common sentiment. Candy Johnson, uh, township manager, administrator in Anvil Township, um, made that same point, saying we need to talk to each other. When South Anvil Township built or, you know, approved these giant logistics centers, um, there was there was very little, if any, discussion with North Anvil, with Anvil Township about what the spillover effects would be. So I don't think it's rocket science to get people to talk to each other and to try to collaborate and to cooperate in ways that are in the best interest of the entire community. Do you think the the current board of county commissioners is communicative enough with, you know, their colleagues across the county? I, I, frankly, I don't think they are. I think they could do more, be more proactive, reach out more, uh, attend these municipal meetings, talk to local officials, and try to encourage and facilitate conversations among and between. And that's frankly what I think I'm pretty good at, is facilitating conversation and fruitful dialogue among and between different constituencies to serve the best public interest. The county also uh, is perhaps on the precipice of going from a, a fifth class county to mm-hmm. a fourth class county. Mm-hmm. And I, I've yet to have, uh, I haven't been able to squire Jamie Walgamuth in here to talk about what that means. Hopefully soon. <laughs> but does that mean anything to you, uh, you know, to, to move, to be elevated? Because I think it's based on population. And- it is. I think we hit the 150K mark. And we go from from fifth class to fourth class. And I think we're right on the cusp of 150,000 residents here in Lebanon County. Um, I'm not exactly sure what what repercussions flow from that redesignation. I suspect that fourth class counties are eligible for more state funding from DCED and other state agencies than fifth class counties because they're bigger. It's it's a bigger bang for your buck. this is also true. It's also the case with with comprehend with plans and planning documents for municipalities. That municipalities that have their own comprehensive plans uh, that that dovetail with the county's comprehensive plan are more eligible for state grants for state funding to implement the kinds of changes that we're talking about. How do you view the county commissioner position? Do you view this as a full-time job or a part-time job? Uh, you know, uh, Commissioner Kuhn uh, still has some affiliation with his uh, longtime employer, Wellspan. 
Commissioner Phillips runs a very thriving insurance agency. Uh, Commissioner Litz, I, I'm not sure if, if, you know, at one time she she oversaw her husband's automotive center. I don't know if, you know, they're still doing that mm-hmm. or if she's just kind of pseudo-retired. I but don't know. What do you, how, how do you view and, and how would you, as a county commissioner, undertake that role as a full-time or part-time role? That's a great question. Absolutely as a full-time job. Uh, You know, when I put myself into something, I put myself in 110%. So I'm actually slated to teach one course at Lebanon Valley College in the spring semester as an adjunct. You know, I retired from LVC officially. Um, as a, I'm now a professor emeritus of history, um, but I am now and also an adjunct instructor. I'll be teaching one course, uh, Intro to Anthropology, in the spring. But if I am elected, uh, it's going to be a bit of a juggling act in that first semester, in that in that first quarter. Um, but honestly, I'll look at this as a full time job, not just in the day, you know, when you're going around to different constituencies, but in the evenings as well. When all, when very often these these municipal meetings, other kinds of public meetings take place in the evenings, and so so I would definitely look at it as a full-time job. Okay. Lebanon County, when we talk about the communication between the county commission office and the, the citizens of Lebanon County, uh, the county commission meetings are at 930 on the, what, first and third or the second and fourth Thursday, yep. Thursday of the year uh, or of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, for and, and votes are taken. And sometimes there's public comment before votes are taken, sure. and, and you know that may sway the the vote one Which way or I've another. Which I've made myself uh, on a- more than one occasion. But you you have the benefit of being retired. Working folks can't always uh, attend a nine thirty meeting. I have long thought that there ought to be at least one of those two meetings should be a nighttime meeting so that somebody potentially could get to a meeting to talk about an issue. And and I'm not even sure if, you know, final votes should be taken at one meeting. Maybe they should have to go to two meetings. There are some uh, issues that have to get two votes. But to give people the opportunity to otherwise participate in their government, what do you think about that? I think that's a really valid point. And I would be open to the prospect. I know in the past, maybe, I think maybe about 30 years ago, um, they tried having evening meetings and they sort of flopped. And so they went back to having just, well, no, they, the, the county commissioners and to their credit, and I will give them credit. They tried to hold evening meetings in different parts of the county. Right. Uh, it, it was in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, to, and they didn't get a lot of attendance. I don't necessarily think they have to make it a traveling road show. I just think they have to have an evening meeting at the county office. Well, uh, you know, and, and, and I would I would certainly be open to that. The other thing that I've lived in communities where they do that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, we live in the age. This we're here in the 21st century. Uh, we have something called the internet, and we have Zoom, and we have you know Google Drive folders and cloud storage. And unfortunately, Lebanon County still does not record and make publicly available the the me, the, the commissioners' meetings. Uh, there's a camera up on the wall. Um, they have the capacity to to record, but they're so short-staffed they just don't have the staff. Uh, my understanding um, to actually make those recordings publicly available. So to create the opportunity not just for people to watch, but to actually participate well, they, uh, remotely. They do, they do record them. I, I think the they're not they're not on the. Uh, I think that's where the lag is. Mm-hmm. Back to the personnel because they they try to edit them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they just don't live stream them. 
live stream them and you record it as you live stream. There's a, I think, there, you know, in a nutshell, there's much more that could be done in the commissioner's office to make these meetings more publicly accessible and to make it more possible for more citizens to weigh in on the issues that matter to them. Uh, agreed. Um, what is the one thing that you really want? We're coming to the end of our time here. Thank you, uh, Michael Schroeder. Is the uh, the county com- uh, the county comprehensive plan? Is that your number one star agenda? item or do you have another focus you know no it's not my, my number one star agenda item is to serve the public interest to the best of my abilities and i know it's a messy complicated layered process this local democracy but i think that i bring a fresh voice and a fresh perspective to um to an office that i think could really use a fresh voice and a fresh perspective and fresh leadership. So that's what I would bring to the table. Do you think that the county handled the COVID pandemic well? No, I don't. Um, overall, um, again, these things are layered. They're, they're sort of complicated. But I think the public sort of defiance of reasonable public health measures such as masking and social distancing. I think it, it, it was frankly an embarrassment um, to see our public officials, um, you know, openly opposing these very sensible public health measures that are meant to protect us all. Um, so no, I don't think the county did a, did a sterling job with the COVID, with the COVID pandemic. Cost a few million dollars mm-hmm. to, for the, the disobedience. Indeed. Uh, of, uh, of Indeed. And, of the- and then, and then, you know, the campaign to have these signs everywhere and, uh, you know, was it two, $2.1 million? Right. That, like that? That, well, that was the, you know, that was the money <laughs> that, that, was- that otherwise could have gone to businesses and things like that. The agreement was, okay, we'll do this uh, public masking, mask right. up campaign. Right. Yeah. No, I, I Because I, of the disobedience of not mm-hmm. opening it at the appropriate time that, that the state said we should. Whether the state was right or wrong, whether Tom Wolf was right or wrong uh, for the county commissioners to take mm-hmm. the actions they did. Yeah. I mean, it was an unprecedented moment. And clearly mistakes were made. The, the Governor Wolf made mistakes. Others made mistakes. But by and large, you know, the, the question that you posed um, was I pleased or proud of the the actions of Lebanon County in response to this unprecedented unprecedented pandemic? Um, the short answer is no. All right. Uh, the last uh, few moments here together are yours. Over the past weeks and even months, I've had a heck of a lot of fun going out and knocking on doors and talking to voters. And I want to thank Everyone who's opened their door and taken a moment to take my campaign lit, to look me in the eye, and to engage in genuine conversation about the issues that matter to them. It's been an incredibly um, steep learning curve for me. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of people. I'm very grateful for their hospitality and for opening up and engaging in real dialogue about the problems and the issues that matter to them. I'm going to, as soon as we're done here, I'm heading off, and I think I'm going to head to North Cornwall Township today. I was there yesterday as well, and walking through the neighborhoods, knocking on doors, and hoping people answer because you never know, you know, what's going to come next. So it's been really fun, and I look forward to the next two weeks. Um, And please vote for fresh leadership um, when the election period ends on Tuesday, November 7th. All right, Michael Schroeder, best of luck to you. Be well, and thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Laura.